Hello everyone, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everyone and everything in between. Welcome to Season 51, Episode 1 of the Stay Positive Podcast, a.k.a. Episode 51. I'm Alex. That was good, actually. I liked that. That came out of nowhere. Season 51, Episode (laughs) 1. Yeah, we had 51 seasons, all one episode long. Fair enough. That's cool. And I'm Pete, by the way. In case you forgot. So, anyways, the other day I found that YouTube video. Uh, this YouTube channel, Aperture, by the way. Big ups to that guy. He makes great videos. Have you ever watched any Ooh, of them? Who, Aperture? Aperture, yeah. Okay. Uh, really great, intelligent videos. Does a lot of great research. The cinematography is incredible as well. But, anyways, I found that video on the Dunning-Kruger effect that he made. And you, I sent it to you and you were like, whoa. I know this. Yeah, I, I wasn't like, whoa. I was like, yeah, I, I I have experience with it. But for our audience who may not have uh, had the luxury of coming face to face with it, although I sincerely doubt it, in my opinion, would you care to explain what the Dunning-Kruger effect actually is? Yeah, so the Dunning-Kruger effect, as as per Wikipedia, of course, hypothetical cognitive bias stating blah 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 no in reality what it is is smart people tend to underestimate their ability to do stuff and not smart people tend to overestimate their ability to do stuff so for instance you'll see really high intellectuals they will kind of under not underperform they will undershoot how they expect themselves to do something especially in their field of expertise, probably because they're so high and mighty and they... They have high standards for themselves. Yeah, they believe that they can always achieve more and whatever. And then there are the people that think that they are of that level, but in reality they are not, and instead just choose to tell people that they are. And they also end up, like I said, underperforming and, you know, it's just a complete overestimation of how skilled or how how competent someone is versus their actual perception of their competence yeah so it's interesting it's it's really interesting and i've seen it definitely in my life i have too i think you you also you sent a message to me you gave an example where like over 90 percent of managers they think that there's a problem in the workforce but only 50% of them think it's their fault or they have anything to do with it. Yeah, I remember reading that. I don't even know where I read it. Or maybe I watched it in a video, but it was one of the funniest things I'd ever read. Because it's literally the token thing you can say about this. Yeah, it's it's never my fault. I'm never wrong. It's always someone else that's the problem, not me. Yeah, literally. Because I'm too good. People, come on. Yeah. So in, in case that definition was a little nuanced or, or whatever, I don't know. Here, here's the dummy dumb version of the Dunning-Kruger effect. So audience, if you've ever met a guy or girl and they said and they talk about themselves in such a high regard and say they're super skilled and then you see them in action and all of a sudden not only are they not as skilled as they perceive themselves as, they happen to be the least skilled individual of your group. That's basically it. Basically, someone who sees themselves as really cool and really skilled, when in actuality, 
they're the least skillful person of them all. And the people who actually do have skill typically are more self-aware of how good they are. And the people with the highest skill typically also have a good perception that they're like basically experts. So if you're an expert at something, there's a good chance you know you're an expert, but you always strive for more. I've never seen an expert who never aspires for more. I always see experts as people who are constantly trying to learn. They never are satisfied with their current level. Meanwhile, the people who are, quote unquote, the super skilled in their own eyes, aka the other side of the curve, they also see themselves in the highest light. However, they have absolutely zero aspiration for trying to get better because they're perfect. You, and you don't mess with perfection, right, guys? <laughs> like, come on. No, Let's be okay. real here. If you're perfect, what do you need to change? You know? <laughs> that's hilarious. And that's basically it. If It's basically people who think they are better than what they are versus people who know their actual skill level. And we'll, we'll, we'll either put a picture or a link, a Wikipedia link in the description. But basically, if you want to know what the graph looks like, it's basically a smiley face where the left side is the not so competent people and the right side is the very competent people. So the two peaks are basically how high the person actually perceives themselves and their skill level. So the left is very high on the left side of the smiley face where they think they know it all. And the right are the experts who actually know it all. And it's just... It's so weird, but I guess uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I think this can best be summed up with a simple phrase. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> These people literally don't know that they don't know anything. So they just say, yeah, I know this. I'm an expert. I know what I'm talking about. When in actuality, they, they don't know what they're talking about. No, it makes total sense. I also, I'm not a really big believer in the idea of ignorance is bliss. But I have to say that, yeah, in their case, it, it totally makes sense. Have you, what was the biggest kind of in-person example or personal experience you've had with someone that you just know talks a lot of game and can't back it up? Well, there will be people who start citing facts. And I always love when the facts they're citing happen to be things that I personally am very interested in and things I'm really passionate about. So when they start saying, <laughs> oh, yeah, did you know this? I'll, I'll let them talk. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'll let them speak their hearts out and explain to me how valid their facts are. And then at the end, I'll be I'll say something like, hey, uh. That's not true. <laughs> not obviously not so crudely, but I will at some point hint at the fact that hey, by the way, there are certain parts of your thing that I know aren't true. Um I think I don't want to get personal with any of my friends or enemies. So I guess I'll say something. I'm a bit of a tennis fanatic. So I know a lot of trivia facts and a lot of history about tennis. And sometimes I'll meet old people at tennis clubs and such. And they'll say, oh, in 19 something something, they this per this person beat this person. And I'm like, no, they didn't. That's not what happened. 
and but they'll talk so confidently they'll say they'll they'll act as though they know it all they it's the truth and it's very peculiar to see what happens when you tell them that's not what happened this is the actual thing that happened and they'll they kind of that facade starts to break and they admit that oh i i may have gotten this wrong and it's funny it's funny but did it ever happen at work did i ever meet someone who was who acted smarter than me at work i feel like that definitely has had to have happened to you i feel yes i feel that probably <laughs> has happened i feel i feel because i was so not i'm not bragging cuz this specific job the level was not the highest but i do feel that my level was good enough for that position such that even if they tried acting smarter than me i would just so quickly eclipse what their perception of smart was that it wouldn't matter <laughs> you know wow I, I i'm trying not to brag right but the level the level of work they were giving me versus the level of work I'm capable of doing clearly did not match. And I don't know th what their expectations of how good or bad of a worker I was. But every time they gave me something to do, I would finish it immediately. And they would come back to me. I, I would I would go back to them and I would say, here, it's finished. And they would say, you finished? I, I expected this in a week, not not half an hour. <laughs> And uh, I don't think that's an inherently, I, li like I said, I don't want to bring up any names of former friends, not former friends, friends, former friends or enemies or former enemies. Enemies. You know. <laughs> As if this is some kind of strategic war or whatever. No, but we'll, we'll do it our own way. You know, we don't want to burn any bridges that we might need to end up crossing at some point. As long as your enemies don't know who they are, then that's all that you need. Exactly. <laughs> no, uh, I I do have to say the whole ignorance is bliss thing works out for those people. I also do think, though, that the opposite is true. Or I, I, I'm a non-believer in the exact opposite, right? Because having too much non-ignorance also is not very blissful at all think about the people that are plagued with having a lot of knowledge they either have just so many problems they cannot answer or all the solutions to the world and yet nothing to do with them because if you like if you were talk to some of the smartest people in the world they're either still growing that knowledge base or like i said the other two things you know they they're not really as happy and that just proves that there is just something way more than acquiring all the knowledge all the information right i yeah i believe that in life there's a certain extent of living to see the end living to find out more truths living to dare i say compounds the human knowledge <laughs> hashtag right. episode 50 <laughs> yeah but it's it's just strange bringing it back to dunning kruger it's just so weird to see people act smart it's it's just such an odd thing because you know me i'm not the person who sh likes showing off at least not very often i usually <laughs> prefer to stay in the background and just do my work and let my work speak for itself 
And I feel people on the left side of the Dunning-Kruger curve are just literally the polar opposite of my mentality of all talk, no show. Act smart, don't be smart. Right. And it's just, it's just weird seeing people like this in real life. Yeah, I've met a lot of people that do that stuff. I will also definitely not name them, but you know who you are. <laughs> or maybe, maybe you don't. Ooh. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But anywho, so going along with the theme of information, kind of psychological information, effects, laws, things, whatever, you hit me with another one, which I thought was even more, I mean, this is more granular, but I thought it was even more profound because... I mean, the implications of some of these things are just so freaky because you can imagine them. You can literally imagine yourself in that situation. You can imagine people you've ever interacted with in that situation as well. You and literally see it in real life too. Yeah. So it's just it's just codifying human behavior basically. So the Streisand effect, I'll give you the Wikipedia definition, basically is a phenomenon that occurs when an attempt to hide, remove, or censor information has the unintended consequences of increasing awareness of that info, blah, 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 blah. Basically, when you try to remain super inconspicuous, or whenever you want something to remain inconspicuous, it ends up actually doing the exact opposite, which is bringing it to way more attention and light than you had originally wanted it to. So it's it's actually kind of ironic, because I've literally seen this happen in real time. And also, there's the human cognition effect of where even if it may not be happening your bias being in that moment at that time and over analyzing and overestimating this thing happening is just going to make you feel like it's way more sought after and being paid attention to anyway so it's like even if it's not happening it's still happening in your head and since you're the one that's controlling how you feel you it, it basically makes no difference in the end isn't that weird it sure is something, but going back to the ignorance is bliss statement, I think this is actually a pretty good effect in suggesting that humans not necessarily are happier, but are naturally inclined to being not ignorant. So the Streisand effect is basically if you're trying to, in an attempt to try and hide something or make something not known, you end up making it, bringing so much attention to yourself, which is the opposite. And I feel... This shows that human beings, when they are, when someone's trying to stop a human from knowing about something, there seems to be an innate reaction that, wait, no, we, we want to know about this now. Show us, show us the thing you're hiding. What, what, what are you hiding? What's behind that door? What do you, wh- what documents are you shredding? What, what's going on in the background? And it's amazing because if, if that, if that person wasn't trying to cover up whatever they're hiding, People would not have paid it any mind. People would just have gone about their day saying, oh, whatever, who cares? But it's the fact that they're trying to hide it and say, oh, there's nothing over here. Don't don't come look here. There's uh, nothing to see, nothing to see here. As humans, we seem to really want to see what's behind that door. We want to go there and say, wait, no, show us what's behind the curtain. I'm curious now. Don't Don't leave me hanging. And... I feel like that's a pretty good, not reference, but it's a pretty good showcase that humans, once we know something, we want to keep knowing. We don't want to stay ignorant anymore. 
So there's our second jab at the ignorance is bliss statement. Interesting. <laughs> I really wonder, I have never done any research into this, and I'm curious to know one day if I can at least visualize. Because, you know, when you research all human psychology, behavioral, cognitive, all of it, and you see this stuff happening in real time, it makes a lot more sense than if you're just reading it out of a textbook, right? Like I'm the type of person that always likes to learn through some kind of visualization or analogy instead of just looking at the super technical workings of how something works. It's how I learn basically everything. I try to make analogies for them in real time, in real life. So when I try to imagine something like this, I wonder why it occurs the way it does. You know, why are human beings so curious? Like, because you, it's a known fact that we are curious beyond belief and that we want to constantly ingest some type of information so that we can grow ourselves in some way. At least 99% of the population is like that. Yeah, to a certain extent. Yeah, but why? You know, is there some kind of survival mechanism that requires us to be acting this way? Is there an innate drive besides the need to survive that makes us do this is there some kind of incentive that's created as a result of you know the societal norms that have perpetuated themselves around this i'm curious really maybe you could argue that curiosity is just the evolution of adaptability we are capable of adapting in any situation because we don't remain stagnant we if like let's say you're freezing you could just sit there and do nothing and with like a loincloth on as a caveman and do nothing or you could hunt an animal skin it alive and put it over yourself or something and these are two different situations you could just sit there and do what you've always been doing and staying there freezing or you can try something else and maybe as because we're still alive today humans have just spent millions of years honing this adaptability trait to the point that now even though survival for the at least for first world countries survival is not particularly difficult but we still retain our ancient ancestors traits of adaptability in the form of creativity wow that was perfectly articulated i honestly didn't ever think of it like that but it makes complete sense at least that i think you know i'm not i'm not a doctor i'm not a archaeologist or whatever I mean, that's what something I would really love to ask just a either practicing cognitive psychologist or biologist studying evolution. I mean, it it makes sense to me because I look at some animals that went extinct, my favorite being the megalodon shark. And because it's so much bigger and deadlier than the great white shark, which is usually the shark that people are the most afraid of. But how can a creature so big go extinct? And I realized the re- uh, well, not realized. I read somewhere that the megalodon shark got it, went extinct because it had no way internally to regulate its heat. It couldn't warm itself up, so it it most likely literally froze to death in the water. Whereas the great white shark, even though it's significantly smaller than the megalodon. It actually can regulate its internal heat so it can swim in the cold water or it can cool itself when it's in the warm water. And obviously this is not, at least I'm not in the brain of a shark, but 
I'm assuming this is not something they're thinking about actively. I'm going to heat up. I'm going to cool down. I think this is just a biological adaptation, a mutation of the shark's DNA that allowed for the great white to exist versus the megalodon. But it's this kind of adaptability traits that animals need to have such that they will survive. Because if you don't have the ability to adapt to your circumstances, you die. You go extinct. There's nothing. You can't do anything anymore. Wow. By the way, while you were doing, while you were giving that whole explanation, which first of all makes complete sense, I fact checked you, and you were completely on the on point. I mean, like you hit it on the head. It is literally an adaptability trait that we have. You know, it, it's Sweet. the act of seeking more information. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You just kind of pulled that one out of your ass and you got it right <laughs> lucky guess put me on jeopardy <laughs> that was good dude big big props for that one but thank you thank you anyways so the last one gets to the most granular point on the theme of this whole information and our obtaining of it and why it exists in the first place and this is one of the funniest ones i think because you see this all the time on the internet and you can literally go and try it yourself right now and you're gonna see an immediate occurrence of this thing happening so it's called cunningham's law and once more just for the fun of it the wikipedia definition <laughs> or whatever this is all right the outline uh is basically the best way to get the right answer on the internet is not to ask a question but to post the wrong answer so I'm not even going to need to re-explain that because that's pretty understandable enough. That's pretty self-explanatory. I've personally never done this, but I've seen, I, I've seen it in classrooms before, especially in school, where someone will just blurt out an answer impulsively when a professor or a teacher asks something, and then immediately another student will shoot their hand up as if being more impatient to get the answer right. And when that second person is wrong, it's just a completely cascading effect of, oh, who wants to disprove who or who wants to be the person that got the question right? And the funniest thing is when nobody answers the question correctly and then the professor is just looking at everybody like, you uncultured swine, all of you. <laughs> you fools. Yeah, so I think it's cool. But like I said, on the internet, you will see this. If you try to answer something really simple on Yahoo Answers or Wall Street Bets, Reddit, whatever, or stack exchange, stack exchange for all the programmers out there. Stack Overflow. Oh, oh shoot! <laughs> You're a fake. You're a fake. No, there. I'm. I swear, there's something with the word exchange that exists. I'll there, find it. Don't no, worry. No, it, it does exist. I'm messing with you. Anyways, if you try to do something like that, you will immediately have someone correct you, and of course, give you the right answer which is hilarious to me because instead of wanting to actually you know answer for the purpose of disseminating the proper information you just want to make it known that you're right and most people will do this i don't want to disagree but uh i also can't uh i i, I like to assume that when someone posts the wrong answer, there are at least some people who are doing it from the goodness of their hearts, not just trying to rub it in that they know more. Um, Listen, man. So I'm let's a... just say that some people do it selfishly to 
prove how smart they are and others are just good souls. Yeah, listen, man, I'm I'm a believer in altruism. I think that everybody's got a little good in their heart, no matter what. But but there are those more nefarious uh, actors that they just they don't care. It's like the remember what you talked about me or not about me. You talked about this uh, a while ago when we were doing the game theory episode, where there are people that just troll in games or just mess around for the purpose of messing around. They have no true motive or incentive other than to cause chaos yep so i have to believe that there are some like this as well yeah you're not wrong i just let's just say not everyone's like that you know yeah which brings brings some peace to my heart i gotta say i prefer (laughs) that so you ever see have you ever had some kind of experience with this as well aside from Uh, the obvious well Since I'm a good student and I would never (laughs) cheat ever in my life, uh, let's just say that a friend of mine, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, a friend of mine used uh, something known as Chegg. Do you know what that is? Mm, Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So a friend of mine uh, used it, and uh, let's say that friend saw uh, someone would post an answer, and there would be many comments saying that answer is wrong. And my friend would be upset because they really needed that answer at the time. And <laughs> all the people there were saying how the answer is wrong, but not willing to give the correct answer, which made my friend very unhappy. <laughs> well, what did your friend do as a result? Did he find a way to figure out the problem on his own or did he find somewhere else to get it? Well, my friend, he found <laughs> another website. Uh, what's it called? Co- Course Hero, I think, is another one. Yeah, it's one of those. So, yeah, I think we he my friend, he got on Course Hero. He signed up and he uh, found something of a similar problem. It wasn't the it wasn't the exact problem, so he couldn't copy it word for word. Not that my friend would ever cheat, of course. He was just looking for some inspiration, obviously. <laughs> and my friend eventually figured out or was able to do the assignment with relative quality, to put it nicely. He was able to finish this assignment. He was able to do it. Um I don't think he, my friend got a perfect score on that homework, but it's better than what he would have gotten completely winging it, I'd say. So good on my friend. You know, I support him. <laughs> You're such a clown. No, but anyways, I think I think if I tried to do something like that right now, I mean, I would have the entire internet just jump, through, jump down my throat and say, why did you, why, why are you contributing less knowledge to the collective IQ of humanity by posting <laughs> wrong wrong answers. <laughs> I think or... it's because uh, well I actually I'm not even sure do people post wrong answers intentionally knowing this is going to happen or do they actually try in earnest to answer the question correctly and they just happen to be wrong? I think uh, for Stack Overflow for example, there's a lot of instances where either a people will find different answers that can work or different solution mindsets so different styles of solving the problem not explicitly the code per se but they will explain 
different thought processes as to how to solve the problem. Unfortunately, to some people like me, they some these different processes sometimes don't mesh well with each other and in fact go in polar opposition to each other. So it's hard for me to borrow that stuff if I don't know which one works and would, I don't know that the two of them or three of them or however many of them don't actually work together. So that's nice. But I do believe that, you know, because we use Blender for crying out loud. So I really love open source software. I, I really love that stuff. And because it just shows that there's like a community of both really gifted people and moderately like hardworking people working together to like make a product that everyone likes and in everyone has their own qualms with it and they work together to make it good and i i don't know that's really cool and I, this is why blockchain is the future yeah 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 <laughs> buy bitcoin and all that good stuff but it's it's just amazing that people can come together to solve answers it is unfortunate that the way of the internet works, people only like, well, not, I, I already said not everyone's like this, but people like to show off how right they are and how wrong other people are. And I think you, you asked me for an example. So I gave you the example of my friend, but I can give a kind of less, less concrete, but definitely something everyone listening on this podcast and everyone on at least anyone with access to the internet is a hundred percent aware of and that is the beautiful wonderful hell spawn cesspool that is twitter <laughs> so twitter for those of you who don't know what twitter is which is probably no one but if there are you know don't go on um take it from me don't don't do it i will it's always it. uh, i'll always be completely anti that sentiment please go on twitter please engage with the masses that are just trying to throw their beliefs at you because it will also prove your metal if you really have some kind of beliefs or knowledge that you understand fundamentally and don't ever think someone can take away from you i urge you to go and challenge them challenge those beliefs in a place where you can have just information black holes you know places where things just go and go, go and die. don't <laughs> they don't come back look dude twitter is a great place to find a lot of good information but it's also a great place to find horrible information <laughs> isn't that isn't that doesn't it suck that like this is why we can't have good things is because when there's something really good all the bad people want to go there and partake in it Oh, well. You just have to find the right groups. Yeah, I suppose. That's a topic for another day. But so back to the whole people don't answer questions. They simply want to say that they're right. So Twitter is a place where lots of people come with lots of opinions. And for some reason, a lot of these people take these opinions as gospel-like facts. They are not gospel-like facts. They are dumb opinions that nobody cares about. Except a certain breed of Twitter user. A.K.A. the ones that love proving everyone wrong. 
the contrarians, the people who love to fight and live to fight another day. Rise against the power. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a spectacle, my friends. It is it is a hellish nightmare that once you start looking at it, you'll start wondering why you can't look away. It's so but funny. Some of the stuff that you see on Twitter is just it's beautiful. It's the most petty, trivial nonsense, and yet people will fight to the li- almost death to make sure that their opinion is the right one. Meanwhile, if you ask a question, I guarantee you no one's going to like hate or love your tweets. They're just going to like pass it on and just ignore it. But if you stay in an opinion, God, God help you. Just God <laughs> help you. Uh, that's not completely the point of the Cunningham law, but it I feel there's a strong relation to just the need, the weird desire to just stomp out answers that are wrong to you. It's Yeah, man. I mean competition is that's the whole point of competition, right? Competing opinions fall under the that scope. So if you find that there's some kind of way to eradicate that wrong opinion, you're gonna do everything in your power to do so. It is just inherently It's just unfortunate built. because the whole nature of opinions typically is there aren't for, for the most part there are definitely things that I think universally we would agree on but there are a lot of things that are subjective that don't have a right answer so to see people so vehemently try to proclaim their answer to be the right answer is strange or weird or just for lack of better words yeah or (laughs) petty and scummy if you really think about it for more than five seconds but it's it's just it's just a very strange phenomenon to see and i really i personally am a believer of live and let live and agree to disagree so if you have a thought that I don't agree with or I don't like as long as there's nothing I can say to disprove you then I'm fine with you having that thought however if I can I will and I guess that makes me similar to them to a certain extent yeah dude you're you're falling prey to the god complex right now as well it's different (sighs) because I don't I don't use feelings to try and like if I don't like something that's not going to be my go-to response for why it shouldn't exist, you know? I You're a perfect stone wall, you have no emotions, no, you're just Pete, all logic, that's all not fact. what I was going to say. I was going to start <sighs> referencing certain companies I don't like, but I think we know which ones I'm thinking of. It's very apparent by this point that you're just anti-capitalism. So Okay, Pete, <laughs> calm down. Calm down, Pete. I am not anti-capitalist. I love capitalism, but it is flawed. And there should... And wait, no. I love capitalism. I don't like monopolies or monopolistic tendencies. That is that is my PSA for today. Hmm. Okay. I believe in competition, but the thing is, once you have a monopoly or a monopoly-like force, competition dies, and to a certain extent, so does capitalism. Since, what's the difference between a monopoly and a monarchy? 
or forget monarchy. Monarchy is divine right. Uh, tyrant and a monopoly. Exactly. It's fight the power, Alex. With grace, of course. <laughs> You're so classic. Agree to disagree. Okay. And. Have a, you're allowed to have opinions, but don't hate others for having them. You know, you you have a right to exist, and so do other people. And that that's my, my those are my two PSAs for today. Hit me with the last thing you were gonna talk about. So yes, because I'm curious how this relates to them. How it relates to what? Just tell me the last the last talking point. Okay, so. Being the Stay Positive podcast, I thought this was a funny thing to come across. And I do believe most people from high school or if you're a fan of Phineas and Ferb, the creators made a sequel to that called, I think, Murphy Murphy. No way. So you might know what I'm... Uh, it's not a sequel, Pete. It's just uh, it's like a, another show made by the same guys. Anyway... The the last law I like to talk about is something called Murphy's Law. So for those of you who don't know what Murphy's Law is, allow me, instead of Pete, to give you a Wikipedia-like brief description. So number one of Murphy's Law, in any field of endeavor, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Well, ain't that a positive way to... Marvelous. <laughs> Number two, left to themselves, things always go from bad to worse. <laughs> Who is this Murphy guy, man? And why why is he so damn depressing? <laughs> he was just, he just had a bad day. Okay. I suppose. Keep going. <laughs> Number three, if there is a possibility of several things going wrong, the one that will go wrong is the one that will cause the most damage. <laughs> No, this is actually pretty horrible. This is genuinely depressing. Uh, it's not. We'll, 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 don't worry, people. We'll talk about it. Number four. Nature always sides with the hidden flaws. So I assume that just means nature is out to get you, but we're always out to get nature, so that's fine. Yeah, Ooh, that's tough. And last, number five. If everything seems to be going well, you have obviously overlooked something. <laughs> Okay, that's just the <laughs> cherry on top of it all, man. <laughs> Look, that's, that's I, I've a... always said that, you know, life is a bunch of up and downs and roller coaster. Don't expect your high to stay high all the time. But that's just saying, okay, you know what? You're happy. You deserve to be sad now. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. I think what, that's, what kind of stuff is that's that? That's a nice oh. cherry on top of the cake, I think. I'm not I'm not with that so, energy. But tell me, how how does this relate? Uh, I just think it's funny, especially with how, like, social media is nowadays. So many people talk... I think I think people use social media now to, like, rant, and because cancel culture is a thing, people use people's rants against them. So things can definitely go from bad to worse if you're not cautious or careful. And I think it's just funny that... Have you ever had the bad day where things just seem like they don't get any better? Like you think things are going bad and they can't get any worse and then something else happens? Yeah. Or or if you've ever seen a movie per se 
and someone's just going through a horrible time and then they say something cliche like how can any how can things get possibly worse or there's no way things can get possibly worse and then all of a sudden it starts raining and like cats and dogs starts piling the streets or something like that it's been basically like that and i think it's very funny because i in my personal opinion i believe that this is all mind games i think that if you if you want your day to be a bad day you have that power as as weird of a sentence as that is to say you can make your days horrible if you really want to but you also have the ability to make them really good that doesn't mean things are going to go your way i'm not i'm probably not going to win the lottery today if i really really want to but that doesn't necessarily mean today's going to be inherently the worst day or the worst possible day it could be you have the power to take everything you know and everything you've experienced and try and move on from things and sometimes things that suck happen maybe you missed the bus maybe you were late for class maybe you got an exam paper and that wasn't a good grade maybe relationship problems it's maybe you lost a tennis match today maybe maybe a save file from something you were working on got corrupted so many things could go wrong in your day but i feel we've we've constantly reiterated multiple times throughout our series that if you have things that don't go your way the best you can do is just try and shake it off walk it off and go about your day because what happened has happened there's no necessarily changing what's happened you take what life throws at you and you work with it because after all it is your life you, you don't get you, there are no there are no save files to load back to you have to roll the dice and play your hand every day and i think murphy's law is a i think it's more so to be used for comedy it's more so for literary devices or for for movies or tv shows or for just comedic effect the idea that everything that possibly could go wrong goes wrong but as long as you're still breathing as long as you're still standing as long as you're still going day in and day out it it, it, it can't be so bad you know things things can get better and it's up to you to make it better so you can shove it up murphy's you know what yeah i'm all with that i honestly was gonna say exactly all the stuff you said like it's all up to you it's an it's an attitude thing you know i I, i'm not a believer in murphy's law personally i think that as as you said it if you want it to be a bad day it'll be a bad day if you want it to be a good day it'll be a good day and even if bad stuff happens it could still be a good day depending on the way you frame it in your mind so that's why i just choose the good why not absolutely bad things typically are temporary and i know as creatures we typically think short-sightedly we think ah man this really sucks and you you live in the moment you know you think how bad the bad stuff is and you don't think you don't think about five years later how none of that's gonna matter like you and me for example we went to school at uh, uh, undergrad and we had some good times and we've had some not so good times 
But I can tell I can I won't speak for you, but I can tell you right now, I really don't even think about the bad times. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm laughing at it, like laughing at how silly it was to be upset at the time. Cuz at the time, it might seem heart-wrenching. It might seem so it might seem like the world is out to get you levels of bad. But four years later, two years later, heck, even one year later, maybe even like a few months later, you're going to look back at that and you're just going to you're going to laugh or you're going to say, why was I so upset? Or you're not you're not going to be phased by it. In, in my in my experience, in anyway. your humble opinion. No, I, I agree. I mean, looking back on all the difficult times of college, either in school or people or tennis, all of it. I do think that in the moment, you tend to just overestimate how important this thing is to your life, you know? And what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So for every bad thing that happens to you, as soon as you shake it off, you're already a pretty stronger person than you were previously. Yeah, it's a source of growth. With that being said, try not to make the same mistakes twice in a row. I'm but speaking if for you a friend, do make obviously. them twice in a row, then I guess that's just another opportunity to learn from the same mistake. <laughs> it's true. With every time, every time you make the same mistake, you are closer and closer to not making that mistake anymore. <laughs> With that being said, I highly encourage you try and strive to not make the same mistake twice. But that's that's just my humble request to all those listening. It's your life. Go about it, have fun, and live it. In the face of Murphy's Law, there's nothing else to do. But stay positive.